Yeah, for sure. Especially because Chinese medicine works so holistically as well. The the shen is super important, and I think when we're students, we tend to overlook that, or like we don't understand it as much. And we just talked about this in the podcast rec- we recorded earlier.、Um, That we don't get a lot of that knowledge about the shen, and so now it's super interesting to learn about it and to learn how other practitioners kind of use it when they treat. Welcome back to Do With Us, a series of the Forever Young podcast. We release episodes on the 16th of every month, and if you're new here, feel free to subscribe and follow us to keep up to date with our uploads. I'm Charlene, and I'm joined by Tim. Heyo. So, back for another book review. Which yes, book, yes, yes. Which book? I'm going to make you say the name. Which book did we <laughs> read this month? Uh, we read the book called Tao Te Ching or Tao Te Ching in Mandarin. I don't know. I, I nailed it. That very badly, but we're just gonna go、it. with it.、Oh, thank you. Thank you.、Um, it's it was published in sixth century BC by Lao Tzu and interpreted by Stephen Mitchell. So the version that we read was not was not published. In sixth century, because it's an interpretation, right? <laughs> yes. <sorry. laughs> yes, we've got the we've got the real book here itself, the ancient scripture. <laughs> so, yes. So, sorry, you're right. So why did we? What sort of book is this? Why did we pick this book? So this sort of book that we chose. Is more of like a philosophy, and the way of how to perceive things rather than our standard Chinese medicine sort of style books. Um, I think, for me at least, why I I would have chosen this book is it's a good sort of shift from what we usually do, as well as like, it's good to look at like the fundamentals of what sort of created Chinese med. Yeah, I agree, and I think the books that we've been reading previously have referred to the Tao or the Dao, and I think when we were reading it, we were like, "Well, what is this,、um, this thing that all these books keep referring to?" So I think it's kind of good to learn what it's all about, especially because Chinese medicine is quite based in the Tao and just that kind of philosophy. Yeah, definitely. I feel like a lot of the like the Tao itself represents a lot of like that yin yang sort of balance that we see in Chinese med, where it's like the pushing and the pulling, the interdependencies, like the need for one one way or the other. And I think it's good to see like in the mind of how a practitioner sort of should see or base themselves、mm-hmm. on is what yeah. I think. Yeah, for sure. So. You reckon practitioners should read this, or is this only limited? Like, who should read this book?、Uh, realistically, anyone, like anyone with with eyeballs or ear <laughs> ears, who I think want a new way of like perspective wise. What about you? Who do you think should read this book? Yeah, 
I definitely agree that it is open to anyone who wants a new mindset. It's not very technical at all. It's almost like poetry or like proverbs or something like that. So if you don't have a Chinese medicine background, you don't have to be worried that you won't understand this. It's yeah, it's written simply, but not simply. Yeah, if you don't <laughs> understand it, it's not because of your Chinese medicine knowledge. Mm-hmm. It's because of yeah, it's, it, it's the poetry <laughs> side of you. It, you just wouldn't. Uh, we'll explain it more. Yeah. 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 yeah th- would Would you say it's a good book, nevertheless, or it's or a bad book? It's not a bad book. It's a very interesting book. I don't think it would be my yeah, style sorry. of book. Like, I don't think I would have necessarily picked to read this book on my own, which I'm kind of, that's why we started this series because it's, we wanted to branch out and to read things that we wouldn't normally read on our own. And I think it was a great experience reading it. What about you? Yeah, I, I agree. This is, a lot of people would recommend this book, and I probably would would have read it regardless, but definitely not my cup of tea. Uh, I think this book gains more and more knowledge every time you read it. So the first time, you probably won't have any idea what's what's going on. The second time you read it, you'll, you'll start picking up on, like, slight hints, and then gems, and then, like, just the whole point of it, of, of like changing the way that you live i think it'd be interesting to read this at different points of your life as well like i i think about me reading it right now and i'm just like stuck in lockdown i don't know if my mind is very like open to a new to a new mindset i guess um but then i think about maybe like 10 years down the track i read this and i've had different life experiences and i'll probably interpret it in a different way as well so i don't know maybe maybe i would reread it when hmm. i'm yeah when i'm at a different life stage like every like every 5 years or so you pick up this book and reread it and reinterpret it yeah maybe that's it maybe that's so, an experiment <laughs> yeah that being said would you recommend this book? I think it's around like $20 or so. So would you recommend... I mean, in terms of longevity, it's pretty good. But would you recommend it in the first place? I... If you're looking for a Chinese med book, then probably not. Because it's not super Chinese medy. If you are into philosophy books and you are looking for another way to look at life or want a different perspective then yeah i would definitely recommend it to you but i don't think it's a for everyone book what about you interesting i i I think i would probably say the opposite where it's like if you were a chinese practitioner where sometimes you like if you're very result orientated and you want like you're you're have you're feeling anxious or you you think that the way that you treat isn't right. I think this book is really good for you in terms of how to see yourself and how to see other patients properly. Um, I think it's good for anyone who has problems in their life and to look at problems in this way. Is what I think at least. Very interesting. So, just briefly. 
what did you get out of the book before we dive into our spoiler alert section? Yeah, so, <laughs> so I, I think this book really questions what you already know. So stuff like, a, a good example would probably be like, okay, a, a very bad example would probably be like, <laughs> questioning like is this a bottle and then they'll flip it on the opposite side and be like what if this was not a bottle uh, i don't i don't know could you help could you help me it's oh it's oh like uh what is the the one about like to be straight you have to not be straight like you have to be like to go up is to go down and to yes. be yes. like moving is to be unmovable or to be like yeah yes, like that I, type I, of I thing but like to be this is being the opposite <laughs> yeah i get you I, I have one example that they said in chapter two which is by making something good you are therefore like making other things bad so that's why you should approach life with no prejudgments of good or bad because once you approach it you'd be like this is good this is bad and then that that you you'll create more sort of like uh you're not opening your mind to the possibilities of other stuff that makes sense yeah that's the sort of gist of the Tao. the whole yeah the whole this therefore will cause this should we mention what yeah. the Tao is here? Or I think it's okay yes. to mention in this section. Yeah, I think it's important if they're going to read a book about the Tao. <laughs> that, that's a rabbit hole. So what is the Tao? I, <laughs> I think this is a great time for you trying to turn all the questions on me. <laughs> um, so... There's this concept, like, there is a lot of explanation later on in the book that explains what the Tao is and what the Tao isn't. The best way to say it is, but it isn't. And they have this very big concept of doing and not doing, the Wei Wu sort of concept where it's like having something and not having something create each other. So it's the whole sort of yin-yang balance if you've listen to our introductory series um yeah how how would you explain it in your words Charlene there's no beginning to it and there's no end it's infinite and it's just with it's just present (laughs) it's just this I I kind of thought of the force when I was reading the book like (laughs) yeah it's like yeah it's all around you and it's part of you it's part of everything it's part of the way of life and it just is it's what created the universe and it's it was because in the book it's like it was before the universe the Tao created the universe did you you remember that section yeah, I really <laughs> like that section. But yeah, keep going. But then it just reminds me of the star um of Star Wars because 
Um, I don't know if you know Donnie Yen's character. And he's just like, the force is with me. I am one with the force. The Tao is with me. I am one with the Tao. That's just what it reminded me <laughs> of. <laughs> so yes. Yes. That's exactly how I would say it as well. So, yeah, put simply, it's like the force. <laughs> I think that's the best way because it's very hard to explain the force as well. <laughs> so, that being said, that was the first segment of this episode where we sort of run through what to expect or what not to expect from this book. If you're interested in getting the book or you don't want any more spoilers, this is probably a good time to hit pause and give it a read before we go into the next segment. Just a quick warning, and we shall go into more explanations of the Tao and what we th- thought of the book, really. back to the deep dive and spoiler section spoiler full zone so there's going to be lots and lots of spoilers about what we're going to talk about the book uh what we sort of adopted in the book and yeah just our general thoughts and stuff so where to start in this section ah it's hard to start when there was never a beginning and there is no end. There is so. no end. Yes, very true. <laughs> um, let's let's start with something more subjective, and I want to hear your sort of thoughts about. Um, do you, did you find anything in this book that you found really interesting, or something that you would adopt from it? I think the there's this kind of underlying concept of what kind of like whatever will be will be and if things happen then just kind of acknowledge and let it go don't try to force it too much which I thought was very meaningful because I guess I'm a bit of like I'm a bit of a control freak I don't know if that's the right word like I like I like yeah having control and just knowing when things will happen and i like that kind of order and just knowing what's going on Mm -hmm. and so when something unknown does happen it kind of throws me off a lot so i like that it's i don't know i just like the way of thinking that what happens happens like learn from it and then move on like don't get stuck in it too much i think Mm. yeah (laughs) I think it goes along with that saying that you 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 constantly hear nowadays, which, which is, it is what it is. Yes, or the keep calm and carry on type of, like, mantra. Yeah, that being said, I feel like a lot of these uh, quotes in this book can be used all over, like, Twitter or all over, like... Um, like that sort of stuff when you put it in posts you see those one quotes that are yeah. like super deep and meaningful just scattered throughout this whole book yes for sure like yeah 
all of these. I mean, I guess he was like an older Confucius, right, Lao Tzu? Mm-hmm. He was like before Confucius. So if you can use all these quotes can, from Confucius, then you can definitely use all of these quotes from him as well. Yeah, exactly. But, and they built I mean, a whole religion around hmm. that as well. Yeah, Sorry. that's yeah. true. I was just going to say, I think this book is interesting because it's a translation and or like an interpretation from like ancient Chinese and with translating any language the it's always going to be interpreted or like a bit subjective as well so I think it's important to mention that I guess some of these thoughts are Stephen Mitchell's thoughts like the way he's worded them yeah it's yeah. kind of it's his thoughts as well. Yeah, he. I, I think he tried to maintain as high a level of objectivity when translating this book, when he wrote it. When he wrote it. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But I think it also means that those words are open to interpretation. Yes. From where, like, from each person as well. Like you probably interpreted those words, or like taken those words differently to how I've interpreted or like taken them which is mm-hmm. which is very cool which is really cool i i think it's it does that sort of mystery in a lot of what uh what was his name Lao Tzu was saying gives a lot of room for self-interpretation which is good and bad i feel like that can lead it to be misinterpreted from what he originally planned as well but really applicable to life and sort of how I saw a lot of what he was saying is flow have you heard about the concept of flow no do enlighten me <laughs> okay that sounded so fake <laughs> uh, this 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 concept of like being in flow or where you sort of lose track of time because you're so in depth in the task that you're doing that it doesn't feel like work it doesn't feel like anything like you don't think about other things when you're doing something you just do it and that's it and i think (laughs) (laughs) and i think a lot of the like entering the state of flow is what he talks about a lot in his text so the whole sort of in thinking keep it simple like if you think if you're thinking you sh- when you're trying to do something and you're thinking too much then you've already like screwed up screwed it up sort of thing and that kind of that kind of flows with the thought that the dao is the water like it's kind of like um the suppleness. What's the word? Like flexible and just like don't don't overthink it or like just don't get stuck on it and just kind of move around those. I'm just doing a lot of hand movements right now. <laughs> You're not and it's just like, much. do you know what I mean? Just like be 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 like water, my friends. Yeah, just like flowing through and just no no obstacles, no um yeah yeah being being no. flexible and because w- water in itself is very like nourishing as well like 
Uh, Stephen makes a reference to the fact that when we came out of the womb, we came out in this sort of liquid embryonic fluid that was nourishing your life. Which I thought was kind of gross. <laughs> kind of true. I get it. I get what he's trying to say with the comparison. And like, if you're if you're rigid and you're stiff, then you're probably gonna be like, you you're gonna like get trapped in a problem, or like something's gonna hit you, and then you're just gonna like smack it back. It's like that sort of. Yeah. There was this. There was this. Um, chapter eight that I want to bring forward, which is the water one that you were talking about, which was like indwelling. Live clo- oh, so this is like how he compares the water to how we should live as humans, which is in dwelling, live close to the ground, in thinking, keep it, keep to the simple, in conflict, be fair and generous, in governing, don't try to control, in work, do what you enjoy, in family life, be completely present. Yeah, what do you, do you have any thoughts on that? Does that chapter go longer? No, that's the whole chapter. I think. Ah. I'm not sure. I, I think th- that's that's the main segment, the cutoff point for it, though. Yeah, because I think I have more in. Oh yes, yeah, there is more. Chapter there eight is are completely more. different on it, so I was just like, "Hang on, let me just." Oh, do you want me to read the whole chapter? Uh, yeah, no, I, I remember it now. Um, yeah, and I think the last bit is when you are content to be simply yourself and don't compare or compete, everybody will respect you. So I think uh, I think that's super hard to do. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, in conflict, be fair and generous. Like, in governing, don't try to control... In yeah, I think I think in modern life right now it's very hard. It's really hard to mm. c- not to compare and compete, especially when we're in this day and age of social media and like fast this fast media. Like it's just so easy mm. to compare and to like see see what you have, what you don't have, and I think this is a really great passage because it's like. Like it's not just all about that. Be simply be content with yourself, and like it's that self love thing that everyone preaches on about right now. It's like if you love yourself, then what people say, like people are just attracted to people who love themselves. If that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> like or like secure in themselves. Yes. Like maybe I should say that. Maybe. Yes. That put put it that way, like people who are secure in themselves attract people who are also secure in themselves. Yeah, like that genuine sincerity and like appreciation in yourself, mm. rather than that like sort of narcissism. It's yeah, all yeah. about me. No. I love myself. Better love yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's that, like you don't need to be told that you're amazing because you know you're amazing, sort of thing. But you're not like. You're not overly, flaunting it. Yes, yeah, exactly. you're not just like, oh my gosh, I'm amazing. It's You are secure enough <laughs> to know that and not have yes. to flaunt it. Which is super hard. It is super <laughs> going, hard. Going back into the circle. like yep. It's super hard with social media and all these 
influences and the media saying that you should be this or you should be that or it's bad to be this or it's bad to be that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, this, this is another line that he says in chapter 30 that really ties that all together, which is he believes in himself and doesn't try to convince others because he accepts himself and the whole world accepts him. Which is sort of like the world, you don't have to want what the world wants because the world will just flow around you either way. And there's no point of like thinking too much about it in that case. Definitely. And I think that kind of ties in with our kind of Chinese medicine, our emotions, the overthinking, mm-hmm. the um, the stress, all of those, those like five emotions. I think if we are content with ourselves, then we can keep our emotions in like in balance and not mm-hmm. have too much of those imbalances that affect our physical body as well. So I guess... It starts from the mind and our mindset. That's yeah. why the Shen is super important. Yeah, and I think just tying tying this with Chinese medicine now, it's like that perfect Shen balance would probably be the way of the Tao. Do you know what I mean? Like that yin-yang balance where it's just like everything's hit equilibrium. You're like so neutral now that like, I don't know how to explain this, like, I guess it's kind of sad in the fact that you kind of lose out on all the quote-unquote bad stuff that you could be experiencing, because I feel like there is some good stuff when you do bad stuff, right? But once you hit complete balance neutrality, like... But then, the... Then would you get the good stuff from the bad stuff if everything is just stuff exactly (laughs) there is no good stuff because there's no bad stuff which absolutely sucks because this is this is something i had a problem with when i was reading his books as well which is the concept of um like never forcing anything but i think a lot of things can grow if you force things so let's let's say that for example I sacrifice a lot of time and effort and money into a skill that I really want to learn. Like a lot of that gets affected by me. Obviously it's not sustainable, but that's just how I sacrifice. And through that sacrifice, I can like have the potential to gain a lot from it. Right. And the way of the Tao doesn't really accept that is what I think from my interpretation of it. Yeah. It's, pretty much like if it's meant to be it'll happen or it'll come to you Mm -hmm. and it's like basically it's telling you not to force things not to compete which yeah which I kind of also I agree Mm -hmm. and I also kind of was iffy about the part where they're talking about countries and governing and how leaders um shouldn't control and that if you don't control the people, the people will do good things. And also, like, don't um, don't compete with others when mm-hmm. you should be focused on yourself. Which I kind of, like, I understand. But I think the competition between companies, like, for economic growth, this is completely not my area. But it's like, I feel like there's a level of competition that is needed to kind of grow as well. 
So it's like you were saying, like, if you don't force it, then you're kind of not growing or there are things that you force and you can grow. I think there are things that if you compete, then you can grow as well. Mm -hmm. Yes. No. No, no. I I completely agree. There's, I'm not sure about the whole concept of like natural growth because like you don't have to force growth. Sometimes you will just grow naturally. And that whole concept of like wanting like desires is not really something that's talked about as much, I think. Because what if I have the desire to be number one at something? The Tao's like, no, you should not want that because that's already putting like an... uh, that's already trying to compete if you're trying to be number one, right? And so you shouldn't compete. So it's like, you're, yeah, I feel like you're missing out on a lot of stuff if you are competing. That's how a lot of growth happens and a lot of technology develops is because of competitions. Yeah. I think, at least. I yeah, mean, a lot of bad stuff it... comes out as well. Yeah, sorry. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Good and bad stuff. But... I think when this was written, <laughs> way back when, I, I guess times were a lot simpler. <laughs> and there, I don't know, probably applied a lot more than it did now, I guess, to the governing and maybe to, because it talks about like, as a country, you should do this. As mm-hmm. like a society, we should do this. As a person, you should do this. And I think the individual stuff, the, the thing that applies to people as individuals is super relevant. Yeah. I just, some of the stuff about like the countries and like as a leader, you should do this or as a country, you should be doing this. I, maybe because I'm not a leader of a country, so I don't <laughs> understand at all. But to me, I was just like, this is super, super philosophical and just kind of like in la la land a little bit yes yes i understand i totally understand he there's some things that sort of contradict what he's saying i feel like because this book i feel like because how do i say this there's like a million interpretations and maybe we just haven't listened to something that's uh, explained or interpreted in a way that us currently in this day and age can wrap our heads around, possibly. But, but also us, yeah, it, like with our personal experience. Exactly. I think, like we, yeah, I think it's a lot to do with your personal experience as well to how you interpret this book. So, not to say that we haven't had our experiences or our experiences are not just as valuable as someone else's but I think the way of understanding or our way of understanding the book is just as is just as justified just is that the right words like you know I mean it's not like it's not void our our thoughts are not void on this just because we haven't had the experience of leading a country and we think this is like different yes I agree there was this interesting saying that he talked about where it's pretty much it's probably easier to focus on yourself than it is to focus on others sort of quote which is where is it wanting to reform the world without discovering one's true self is like trying to cover the cover the world with leather to avoid the pain of walking on stones or thorns it's much simpler to wear shoes so it's like 
there's no point wrapping your whole country in leather when you're trying to do something just so you don't there's no stones or thorns it's like just do it to yourself just wear shoes and then that way that you don't have to force your own way of life onto others like great great twitter line great instagram <laughs> post like that that yeah. stuff is gold mm. and i one that I think is related to Chinese medicine and to health mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. chapter 71. Um, so it says, I think this is how, let me get the exact one up because I just have my notes and I want to get this right. So 71. Yeah. So not knowing is true knowledge. Presuming to know is a disease. First realize that you are sick, then you can move towards health. The master is her own physician. She has healed herself of all knowing. Thus, she is truly whole. It's the only one that mentions health. <laughs> uh, yeah, could you interpret that from, from your perspective a bit? Um, like, so, yes. I think it's, it's that like curiosity kind of um like always be curious and don't ever be content with just what you know and don't presume to know don't presume to know what someone else is feeling or like knowledge or things like that just be open Mm. to all that is around you and so once you realize that you know nothing then you can kind of know everything like the the possibilities are endless yes yes that totally makes sense to me yeah and i think it's the same with your health um it's i I don't know when we were in school it was always like you can't diagnose yourself like you should well you you can but you shouldn't diagnose yourself yeah because it's like you're presuming to know all this stuff about you but once you kind of let all of that go and you let someone else do that for you then they can like focus on what is like what you actually want to be healed of because mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> i got like too far this podcast the entire time i'm just like where is my brain, <laughs> my brain. what is this train of thought like no. what am i thinking no i completely but, do you know understand what I mean? yes where it's like because you've you've already thought of all these possibilities this could have led to this this could have done this that mm your cup is already too full of water and you can't make your own diagnosis. You have to get someone with an empty cup to fill in your disease rather than like filling that stuff. And I I think that with the internet and everything, that's so, I've had patients come in and just be like, I've got this, this and this and they're so sure and they're like, I want you to do this. Like, I've got damp in my body, you just need to clear it. But once you kind of go through your diagnosis, you're just like, okay, but where is this damp? I'm not seeing this damp. Like, where in your mind has this damp come from? Uh, they've and- got damp in the mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's it's just like, if you kind of let go of all of that, then you can learn more and let other people's perspectives kind of guide you as well. Totally agree. 100% agree. My mum is so bad of that exact same <laughs> syndrome that you're talking about. Oh, poor mum. Which is like, it's so true for West, like any form of medicine where 
opening yourself up to learn more and like it just creates room for you to help others in different ways that you might not expect and i think as practitioners we should always want to learn more and never just be content with what we know yes for sure and i think even in diagnosis when you're like let's say that all these symptoms present as a sort of like uh, deficient like it's very weak pulse the person looks pale blah 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 and then the soul all of a sudden the strong the pulse is like strong you shouldn't like lie to yourself and be like eh, the pulse should be weak so i'm gonna put weak do you know what i mean like you can just write down the pulse is strong and then try and like it just helps you deepen your understanding of figuring out why and trying to help out this patient to the full extent yeah, definitely. And I think that's why Chinese medicine is so great because it's so like subjective and you build on your experiences. So you make one mistake when you like today, d- well, you won't repeat it again or you'll see things differently as you learn more knowledge, which is kind of like growing with the Tao and just letting it be. Hmm. <laughs> No, I completely agree. There was this... <laughs> oh my god, there was this great quote. This this book's full of great quotes, just not <laughs> a lot of explanations. <laughs> um, which is like, success and failure are both just as dangerous. Uh, is it that? No, I think I paraphrased that. Where I was, It talks about um, pretty much success and failures are both very dangerous. And... Having hope is as hollow as fear. Damn, maybe I interpreted this wrongly. (laughs) There's no wrong way to interpret it. There's no wrong way. Yeah. (laughs) You're right. You're right. Which is... But yeah, just having the whole, like, success uh, is just as dangerous... Oh, success is just as dangerous... Is as dangerous as failure. Which is scary to think about because after every success you kind of want to just cheer and just be like woohoo like it worked out but like it it could just be setting yourself up to fail and when you do fail you kind of get more disappointed in yourself do you know what i mean sad yeah it is kind of sad this 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 whole book is kind of sad <laughs> like melancholic is what i think yeah yeah. Like, they build you up into feeling absolutely amazing, like, empowering you to, you need this power, and then you can be the best at what you do. <laughs> and then they hit you with the, because you're the best, you're also probably the worst. <laughs> it's like, oh. That's it. That's it. That feeling of, like, never-ending good and bad. Mm. Yeah. And it's, oh. There was one that I was going to continue on the train of thought of diagnosis Mm -hmm. and talking about medicine is, and also the knowledge thing. When they think they know the answers, people are difficult to guide. The simple, simplest pattern is the clearest. Yeah. That just like brought me back to like student clinic and be like, don't overcomplicate it. Just what is the simplest thing? Like start simple and then 
go from there if you're unsure if the if a patient is complicated if the situation is complicated just start simple take it back to the basics mm-hmm. i think that's really good that's sort of like the whole yin yang perspective where it's like patient is complex therefore treat with simple sort of like opposites and it's it's really effective i mean you were you were talking to me earlier about the whole um what was it the the patients overthinking they're already thinking too much about this stuff and how to use neural could you explain that again just for the listeners and for me again the, as well <laughs> the bit about how patients can do all this research and they come in with their diagnosis already in mind um, is that the not, bit you're not, not that about? one the the one uh, we talked about off um when we weren't live about the whole neurological how patients who don't believe that they can be treated will uh, affect their treatments yes from, i think yeah cuz this we're talking about the shen mm-hmm. and the role it kind of plays in helping a patient kind of recover as well mm-hmm. and the shen in chinese medicine is super important it's that it's put simply the mindset they have um, towards the treatment, towards life, um, and the the way that they are, and wait, which specific thing do you want me to talk about? Just how if some patients they're they're not open to the treatment, exactly. Then then there's only so much that your treatment can do. If yes. your person is open to the healing, then they the treatment will be a lot more beneficial to them. Yeah, exactly. So. Where it it comes out physiologically as well when you're treating patients. Where if they're not clear in terms of their shen or their consciousness or their mindset isn't open, then that that can affect how they can recover or like how they physiologically function and do stuff. Yeah, for sure. Especially because Chinese medicine works so holistically as well. The the shen is super important and i think when we're students we tend to overlook that or like we don't understand it as much and we just talked about this in the podcast rec- we recorded earlier um that we don't get a lot of that knowledge about the shen and so now it's super interesting to learn about it and to learn how other practitioners kind of use it when they treat yeah exactly i, f- I think it's probably because we we want to see results as students like someone comes in with diarrhea for example you want to make sure they're not having diarrhea whereas the shen itself is so subjective to the patient and treating it is cuz the shen can fluctuate just as quick as like it can like recover like it can go really bad to really good to really bad back to harmony and it's it's hard to see i think it's probably why yeah I think since um graduating and like not being in that clinic student clinic situation um anymore I think you kind of see it a bit more or like treating the shen with inpatients with long-term disease or long-term like illnesses mm-hmm. um the shen is quite affected in those patients so it's it's kind of clearer in a way to see how you can help the shen rather than like oh i've got diarrhea for a week and mm-hmm. where the shen is probably not as disrupted 
as disturbed yeah. as someone who's had a stroke or who's su- suffering from a neurological condition for X amount of years. Or like diarrhea for their whole life. <laughs> Speaking from experience. Yeah, exactly. See, my shit is all, ki- all kinds of way back. See? <laughs> Uh, do do you think you would use the Tao in treating patients now that you've sort of learnt a bit about it, or like not just life now? I'm talking about like bringing it into the practitioner room when treating patients, or not really. I think it'd be hard. Like I'm, I think as a practitioner, mm-hmm. I can probably practice some of the things that I've taken from the book and to not force it and to yeah to kind of keep my mind open Mm -hmm. but I think it's a it'll be a conversation to explain this to a patient so yeah I think maybe we'll practice what we preach and start with myself start with the individual first Mm -hmm. and then once I am secure calm in my thinking then hopefully that will kind of affect my patients and not like rub off on my patients but you know they'll kind of be affected by that as well yeah like once you've accepted that Tao part of lifestyle in you Mm. then it'll affect then you'll be able to like pass it on it's like contagious right yeah I, I think it's like you don't even have to preach the word of the Tao you just practice it and people will also start practicing it and they won't even know about it yeah for sure which which i think he actually (laughs) wanted i think that's what Lao Tzu wanted he didn't want to talk about it and preach about it because the whole if you know you don't speak and if you speak you don't know yeah it's like (laughs) the more you talk and the more you like try and like explain stuff the less you probably know about the topic than just knowing it so but for me um i guess definitely i think i really like your answer and i'm probably going to use <laughs> the same way where it's like teaching people like doing it myself and showing it will probably help people understand it a lot better than me talking about it also yeah. it takes way too time way too much time to explain <laughs> the doubt to someone that's like that's like half the treatment that's pretty like 20 yeah. minutes I really like what, that you brought up the, like, those who know don't speak and those who speak don't know. Don't know, yeah. Yeah, I really like that. When I read that, I was just like, so true! <laughs> <laughs> do, do you have any life life stories that that's, like, too true? Like, you can the, the first imagery that comes up when you heard that or read that? Oh, um, there's just people that you kind of meet sometimes and mm-hmm. they're just like this and talking nonstop. And then you get maybe like halfway through the conversation, halfway through whatever it is. And you're just like, wow, we've, they've spoken about nothing. Like they don't know anything, yeah. so, which might happen to so people listening words. to this podcast. Because <laughs> <laughs> when I think back, I was like, what have we spoken about? Because we're almost mm. at time. It's just like, it's been 40 minutes of, of speaking about what? Like, like, I hope that people, the listeners will understand the, the feeling that we're, tr- or the meanings we're trying to get across 
through our very bad explanations and through our very bad words that we're using because it's just like how the book explains it it is sort of the way that you live not the words of the way it's it's how you actually like bring those words and that philosophy and mindset into your life (laughs) so if you're completely lost but intrigued about like a few things that we've mentioned go read the book and i think yeah read it for yourself and see how you feel about it and see what you can take from it yeah we hope this offers some sort of insight into the foundation of the Tao, the Tao from us at forever young um thank you guys for listening to us jabber on and talk about (laughs) absolute nonsense hopefully it was helpful in some sort of way uh don't forget to follow us on facebook uh please join our facebook group for book discussions And and we have been the forever young podcast and we'll read with you next time Bye. Bye.